What a year. Mm. Yeah, that's a phrase. (laughs) That is a phrase indeed. But video games, they've been pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, we had to have something in this hot garbage of a year. (laughs) It's true. It is very true. We should talk about, you know, potentially the best video games of this year. Potentially? Potentially. How about exactly that? In our opinions. I mean, they're the best opinions out there. It's true. You're not going to get two better opinions out there than us. I mean, Maxwell always wants to give his opinion, and it's pretty good sometimes. I, I can't even imagine what his game of the year would be. Um, I think probably Cardboard and Laser Light Bowl. I mean, that's just a, that's a good choice every year. It is. I mean, it's his favorite game most every year. It's true. Uh, hello, welcome to the final episode of 2017 of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. This is, this is episode number 55, which means we did a full a full slate of uh, podcast, a full, a full year of podcasts this year. 52 episodes, which means 52 oh, weeks. There you go. Uh, hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by the Queen of Game of the Year, <laughs> Anne Ladium. Hello. And we're here to specifically, specifically talk to you about video games on the show that we usually have conversations about those things, anime and manga. Correct. It's time for Game of the Year. It's one of my favorite times of the year. So we get to celebrate all the goodness of, of video games that have happened over the past 365 days or 363 and some bad. days and some bad ones. Yeah, this mm-hmm. will this this will go up on the penultimate day of the year. So I guess it would be 364 days. Meh. Yeah. But who's counting? Meh. I would like I would like to start off this uh, this game of the year proceedings with a uh, with an an excerpt from a poem. Okay. This is from Tables Turned by William Woodforth. Maxwell agrees. He's like, oh yeah, I love romanticism poem. <laughs> Sorry. Sweet is the lore which nature brings. Our meddling intellect misshapes the beauteous forms of things. We murder to dissect. Al, let's murder to dissect. Let's do it. And talk um, about some video games. Heck yeah. That's legitimately like one of my favorite poems, actually, so... I'm glad I could throw that in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, romanticism's pretty legit. So we're going to obviously talk about our favorite games of the year. We'll get to that in the second half of this episode. I will be doing the 10 best. I will be doing her now annual 7 best games of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always fun. But first up, we have a lot of uh, supplemental awards that we have to deal out. We do. Uh, it's like the uh, the consolation prizes in some instances. Some instances, and also just like here's some here's some games that you know necessarily aren't on our list, but we want to recognize them because they're real good. Our first award: the most disappointing games of 2017. <laughs> and I feel like if you've listened to past episodes of this very podcast, you'll probably have a distinct idea of exactly what we're going to talk about. Uh, if you don't mind, I would like to go first. Absolutely. Go ahead. Because I have two games up for this award. I also have two. I bet they're the same two games. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, first up, let's talk about Persona 5. Oh, that is actually not on my list, but wow. we will talk about Persona Surprising. 5. 
I mean, if I had three, it would be. Yeah, Persona Five for me is just—it's such a bummer. It is. It's not as good. Considering the entire time we had to wait for it, I mean, mm-hmm. playing through that game in Japanese did not exactly give me the uh, the wherewithal to be like, okay, maybe this game's not going to be that great. Instead, it was like, oh, hey, maybe this game might be okay. And then playing it again in a language I understand just did not leave me wanting to play that game again ever. <laughs> no, maybe not ever, but just not for the time being whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, like, when I finished playing Persona 3 and Persona 4, I was legitimately like, oh, my God, these games are amazing. They're so great. And I've played through both of them way too many times. I've put, like... I know one of my save files in Persona 3 Portable is at like 230 hours right now. I think one of my save files in like in Persona 4 Golden is like nearing 200 hours. So, I mean, like I love those and I just have zero desire to go back and yeah. play five. I think it's like the characterization isn't that great. The writing in general is not that great. You know, there's the, the patented Katsura Hashino homophobias in there. The yep completely gross over-sexualization of Anne's in there. Yep. The game is um, long for the sake the of... The one character is just trash. Yes, that's true as well. Uh, the, game's lo- uh, the game's long for the sake of being long. Correct. Especially near the end where it's just overly stretched out and just does not need to be. It's just, it's a bummer. It's a real bummer. It is. I wanted it to be better, and yeah, it same. wasn't. Like, I think the only thing I could take away from that game that's saying, like, oh, I really like this was, like, the soundtrack. Because I think the soundtrack's really good. Mm-hmm. But everything else is just, like, even, like, the, the improvements they made for gameplay and, like, quality of life stuff. Like, it's 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 such a bummer. Also, I guess I should preface this. I, I should have said this earlier on. But we're probably going to talk about some spoiler stuff because it is game of the year. So, if, like, we, we begin to talk about a game that you haven't played or are wanting to play or in the middle of playing. You should probably skip ahead a little bit to where we're not talking about that game. Because we will talk about spoilers. Yeah. The second most disappointing game, and perhaps probably the most disappointing game of the year, it's Danganronpa V3. Yes, it is. That is number one on my list. Number one with a bullet. Uh, If you haven't listened to our episode about this game, like it details probably a lot more than we'll get into here about why this game is so disappointing, but just... Mm -hmm. This is a game that shouldn't have been made. No, and I mean, you can tell that the heart's not in it, um, but I love the other ones, and I just recently played them because of you, mm-hmm. so I was hype, and then like I played it, and I was into it for a little bit, and then things started going down, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, no, 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 and I, again, they, if they want to know more, they can listen to the episode, but I specifically was like raging to you, mm-hmm. probably harder than you've ever heard me rage. It's, you were just exceptionally mad. This is the, I think it's the most mad I've ever seen you. I was pissed. Yeah. I was legitimately so livid because of how that game went down. I'm like, no, never again. I sold it because yep. <laughs> F that game. It just it, it tries to go to the well too many times in terms of reminding you of a specific storyline in the first two games. And just, I don't think a lot of the characters, the same problem I had with Persona 5 is like some of the characters just aren't that interesting. Or if they are, or if they are, it's like they don't do enough with them. The writing's, the writing's definitely not that great. Like it's just Mm-mm. basically the same things that we've played through in the first two games, but less interesting. And that ending is literally the worst ending in like the history of video games. Yes. It's the most Absolutely. literally like offensive 
a game has ever like felt to me in terms of it just being like, hey, go f yourself for liking these other games and just oh. literally spitting in your face. Yeah, I mean, I was so legitimately offended by how that game ended, and I it was so disappointing because I liked the series mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, and they just ruined it, and also like they turned they turned New World Order into just trial music, and that is lame. Especially considering like the first two games, the soundtracks are awesome, mm -hmm. and then this one is just it's middling at best. Yeah, it, it's it's a nightmare. That game never should have been released. Period. Uh, tell me about your other most disappointing game. My other one is Ukulele. Yep. Which I'm sure you're not surprised on. Nope. <laughs> um, I didn't get past the first world on Ukulele because it was a nightmare to play. Um, it was not fun. It was big for the sake of being big. Um, there was just too much to do. And like it was pretty. But I've kind of realized that maybe that style collectathon died for a reason. I feel like it's a common complaint with our most disappointing games of like, these games are too big for the sake of being too big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was just no reason. And I was explaining to my brother earlier. Um, I didn't have an issue with the world size in Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie right. at all. And it didn't ever occur to me when I was playing them, like, wow, I imagine this world could be huge and it'd be so much fun. But, like, you can have a huge world, but put something in it. It just felt lifeless and terrible and sad, and it, it made me sad. Yeah, I don't, um, like, like, I played through uh, Banjo-Kazooie last year, and, like, yep. I mean, I had some problems with that game, but the idea of making, like, those worlds even bigger sounds just com sounds super off-putting to me. <laughs> Yeah, and like what how it works is you have this world and then you can eventually get more items from the world and unlock it to make it even bigger. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is insane. And um, yeah, it hurt my little 90s heart. <laughs> it really did. Like ukulele almost made me cry. I kickstarted it and it gave me this. That's what it did to me. Because I mean, specifically because... You would think, like, going into, like, especially with our Kickstarter pitch, it's just like, oh, it's the team that made those games. Yeah, why wouldn't I want to be, like, or, like, want this game? And then Oh, you... I did it day one when I saw yeah. it. I was like, yes, yes, backed immediately. And then once you get it, it's like, oh, well, maybe they shouldn't have made this game. <laughs> I mean, that was legitimately how I came away from that is, and, I mean, it's the same way with Danganronpa. I was like, neither of these games should have been made. Yeah. Because it tarnishes the original reputation of what they had made before. Mm -hmm. This made me sad. Congratulations to Persona 5, Danganronpa V3, and Ukulele for being the most disappointing games of 2017. What good awards. <laughs> I think we're going to continue on with you, and uh, you're going to give us the best soundtrack of 2017. Um, which, you know, we just gave one award to it, but we're going to give an award for something it did right. Um, I gave it to Persona 5. Wow. I did. Wow. I, I'm I legitimately kind of shocked at that. I know, because when I first did the episode on Persona 5, I didn't like the soundtrack. Yeah. I, I would have figured this would be like Mario. It has some good stuff in it, but... 
I, I still have to give it to Persona 5 because I put so much of the Persona 5 music on my phone and listen to it regularly, mm-hmm. whereas I've put one song from Mario on there, and yeah. a lot of that stuff just doesn't really translate to what I do in everyday life. Right. So while it's good, and there are other games that I could have given it to, uh, Xenoblade's another one with a great soundtrack, but um, one thing that is consistently always done right with Atlas Games is soundtrack. And Persona 5 definitely deserves it for this. Um, and my apologies for, I guess, on the soundtrack in the first place. <laughs> it, you just, it just took you a while to warm up to it. It did, um, because... I've mentioned it before. My opinion of the game has lowered and my opinion of the soundtrack has grown exponentially. So I would, I would um, imagine that as well. Like for me, having experience with that soundtrack, you know, six months before you did probably mm-hmm. helped me like be more, you know, open and warm to that soundtrack than you possibly were when you, when you were playing it for the first time and getting all that stuff. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I surprisingly enough, I give it to Persona 5. Congratulations, Atlas. You got something good this time. <laughs> you did something right. Uh, well, you know, we're not going to talk about all games that came out in 2017 this year. Correct. We have an award specifically for that. We call it the best old game of 2017. <laughs> now, of course, the qualifier for this is that it's a game that didn't come out in 2017. <laughs> Correct. Uh, you you want to do you want to continue on or do you want me to 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 go with um, this? So I had two that I was struggling with which one I want to to win this because one you had me play and I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did Hmm. um which I guess you could say uh the way that I played is somewhat unconventional (laughs) that's yeah that's kind of (laughs) true um but my first one would be gone home because uh I played it and the story was phenomenal I mean, it was really, really good, even though it was, like, a very short game. Yeah, so I and I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's it's about, like, an hour and a half, depending on how long you're you're going through that. I mean, full disclosure, like, that was my 2013 game of the year, so it's a very it good game. really fantastic, and Jared had to live through watching me throw literally everything the it floor. It was so good. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite so parts of that. <laughs> that. That was that. Um, my second one... Uh, which will come as zero surprise to you, is uh, Code Realize. My favorite Atome ever. Which I guess like it kind of sneaks in because you did finish that in this year, even though mm-hmm. you did start it last year, but that counts. It does count. Um, I finished it this year. Yeah, and exactly. once you get the final ending, that's when it counts. <laughs> yeah, literally no surprise considering how much you've talked about that game and it just being like the bar in terms of Otome games for you and just well, how much it impacted even you. Just as a game itself, it's really got a great story. Yeah, like um, watching through the anime, like <laughs> that story is something else. It's bananas, but it's fun and it's entertaining and it always kept me like on my toes on what's going to happen in this guy's route. And it was like my first real foray into Otome. But... um it is such a fantastic game, and I, I can legitimately recommend it to anybody, even if they don't like Atome games. And yeah, you're going to get some romance, but who doesn't want that? Also, Victor Frankenstein is best boy. <laughs> it's Period. Just That's such a good game for you to get your first Atome with, just because 
I mean, I haven't, I've downloaded it. I haven't actually gotten through and playing it, but just like, it gives you the Otome stuff, but also like introduces you to you like, oh, this genre just has the most batshit insane stories ever. It's true. And I think the thing about Otome that I've learned is that they don't really feel like they have any kind of limits in terms of like, oh, we have to keep it within this box of what it should right. be. It's like, all right, well, as long as you got some dudes you can date, let's just go crazy. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> the ex- I love it. The experience I've had listening or listening th- to you talk about these and kind of like seeing you play these vicariously is that's that's pretty much it. It's just like, oh, you got some dudes to date and then, I don't know, we're just going to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks and then we're just going to go with that. <laughs> It's perfection, and I'm really glad that you're getting to see this anime, and I'm glad that you downloaded the game, because it is seriously a fantastic game with a fantastic story. All the characters are written extremely well, including, like, the non-datables. They're great. So, I, I think I think more people would have played this if it was, like, an RPG. Yeah, yeah. But, um... I don't know if it would have worked. realize is definitely... A plus old game. Your turn. Those are some. Uh, those are some good. Good choices. I went in a uh, slightly different direction. Not a Tome. Not How a disappointing. Uh, I played a lot of like older games this year. I mean, we talked about all the Zelda games I played this year. The Final mm-hmm. Fantasy games I finally experienced this time through this year. Yay me! I helped. <laughs> But there was a different JRPG that I played through this year, and I was <gasps> literally just left astonished. And <sighs> I don't know if you're going to be excited about this. Uh, oh, no. It's Persona 2 Eternal Punishment. Wow. You did really like that one. It's. I think, though, in order to really enjoy this game, you have to play Revelations Persona. Because that cast of characters is very important in this game. And specifically, mm-hmm. like, it's... It does the Persona 4 Arena stuff of like mixing two games characters or two games cast of characters together, but does it way better than Persona 4 Arena does. Mm-hmm. And just like seeing the improvements they made for gameplay from Persona 1 to Persona 2, how they, they basically didn't make Americanify the localization <laughs> as they did in Revelation Persona. The only like times you get like that Americanized names is when they is when like the Revelation Persona cast comes into play. Mm-hmm. They're the only characters that have their same names, and I think that's just for continuity's sake. Makes sense. But it's just, it's so much fun, and a lot of, like, just the hassle that that first game has is just, like, kind of done away. The story is just absolutely amazing. Getting to play as an adult cast in a Persona game is awesome. A+. Plus. A+. Plus, and it's it sucks that they haven't done that again. And, like, honestly, there is there's a part of the ending that... It's the the Revelations Persona cast like meeting up after like the final battle because like they go out and help you in the final battle, but you don't really see it. They're just like, oh, uh, Mary and Nate and all of them, they all went out and they're fighting alongside you, but you just don't get to see it. Uh, they all kind of reunite at, like this bar, that's a location in the game, and mm-hmm. legitimately like one of the most emotional moments in that game is like they're all meeting up, and then the main character from Persona One comes in, and it's like it's. It's literally emotional because, like, you don't see him throughout the entire game until that moment. And he yeah. comes back because, like, it's fantastic. Like, I love that. I love, love, love that moment. And just the way that they implemented that original cast in this game as, like, older characters who have, like, they've all been through this stuff. They still all have their personas and everything. And they're just, like, giving you advice here and there and being like, 
oh, well, specifically because there is one moment where one of the main villains from Persona 1 is in this game and is being, like, brainwashed by the main villain of Persona 2. And, like, the cast of Persona 1 is, like, empathizing with him. They're like, man, this sucks that he's going through this again. Like, we thought, like, we finally got through to him in the first game, and now he's doing this stuff again. It's, it's, it sucks. Like, I mean, I wrote about this. Like, this game has so much empathy in it that it's amazing. And specifically because, like, you know, with, for all the disappointment that Persona 5 gave me, this game, like, just, like, revitalized my love for Persona in a way that I, I, I don't think I ever knew. So, yeah. That's awesome. I was hoping you would pick Mystic Quest. I played Mystic Quest like <laughs> I didn't play Mystic Quest this year. Oh darn! I played it last last year. Last year, yeah. I I confuse my years now. Mystic Quest though is a great game. It Don't is. get me wrong. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Persona Two Eternal Punishment. It's a f-ing fantastic game. Let's continue on with. Uh, you have an award. I do. Let's talk about the best downloadable content of 2017. Which is from one of my favorite games of 2016, but the DLC came out this year. And uh, it is Pirate Queen's Quest from Shantae Half-Genie Hero. Oh, okay. You said, like, you told me it was like, oh, it's a DLC from, like, a 2016 game I liked. I was like... I had literally had no idea what it was going to be. <laughs> um, it was a giant chunk of story. That's cool. And it was a lot of fun to play uh, because what it does is looks at the villain side of part of the main game. Mm-hmm. And so you play as the villain and you go through some of the old areas and fight new bosses. And it's really, really well done. And also it's hilarious. <laughs> Um, Shantae always has just phenomenal writing. And if you haven't ever played any Shantae games, um, just keep in mind that it is very, very funny and very well written. And this lives up to it as well. Um, there's actually supposed to be new DLC. I have the code on my phone right now. Um, but I haven't played it yet. But if it's anything like Pirate Queen's Quest, I am real jammed to play it. Um, I played it for a long time, and I actually had to get my Wii U fixed in order to play it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, so that was a bummer, but it was amazing. And it, I mean, it was still as beautiful as the original game. And Sorry. And um, it was interesting playing as Risky. And it's not really something you get to do is play like the villain side of the story. Right. Um, But you also get to see how she's not really a great villain in terms of getting her her plans in action. So it it was it was cool. And you get to learn a lot more about her. Because usually she's just like, oh, I'm risky. I'm risky boots and I'm the pirate. and, And you don't really get to hear much of her other than she wants to take over and all that. So now you're getting like her side of why she's doing what she's doing. That's cool. Yeah, it was really, really rad, and it made me very happy that they they put it out, and it was good. Um, I did have a hard time with some of the the extra like items I had to find, but the challenge was good. I enjoyed it, and I finished it to I think like ninety eight percent completion. Because you could imagine like collectibles. you could imagine them putting out that DLC and just like not adding any of that characterization into it. Right, right. I mean, they could have just made like the different levels, but right. you actually get a lot of like new cutscenes and her motivations and her thoughts on the main game and it's really cool it's different 
it's kind of like um i don't know wicked but dlc that's cool. you know the 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 wizard of oz thing oh yeah yeah that that's kind of what it's like <laughs> i don't even know like what my favorite dlc of this year would have been I could tell you what mine wasn't. <laughs> I, I kind of know the answer to this. <laughs> uh, the most recent Breath of the Wild. That honestly could have be like that might be up there for me though. I know we had a, like differing opinions on that thing, but yeah, uh, I, I would say like one that I haven't gotten to download yet or or bought. Yo, they put Geese Howard into Tekken Seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. Huh. Uh, I, I'm going to now uh, parlay into the best anime game of 2017, which, clarification, this does not mean it's a game that was released this year. It's just an anime game that I played this year. Nice. And honestly, this is kind of like a weird category because I didn't really play a lot of anime games this year. Well, it sort of ties into my next category, so it works. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like, the the one, like, I could remember playing was, like, I played that, that JoJo fighting game that came out, like, four or five years ago which i think yeah it's a good fighting game uh i think the only downside is just a retelling of the story it doesn't do anything interesting like the other the more recent jojo game where it has like its own crazy original time traveling story oh my god like old joseph can meet young joseph that sounds fantastic and they're finding bits and pieces of the body of jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) instead I went with uh, one game and also a shout out to another game that technically surprised the hell out of me. Oh? Uh, the best anime game of 2017 is Cardcaptor Sakura Sakura Card Friends on the GPA because holy fing shit, they basically remade the third opening of Cardcaptor Sakura on a Game Boy Advance. And that sounds fing insane. <laughs> And also, the Chobits uh, GBA game does kind of the same thing, and it's f***ing rad, yeah. too. Yeah. That, that's literally all I have to say. Like, they put those, they basically made openings on the GBA, and it this should not be possible, but it was, and it looks f***ing cool. It was amazing. Yeah. I was really impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know a word of what the Chobits one said, but I was like, yeah, I'll just keep rebooting it and watching it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much all you need. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Uh, so now we're gonna get a little bit more. We're gonna get some. Se- we're gonna get serious here. Are we? No, I don't know. All right. Uh, you're going to tell us the best re-release or remake of twenty. So um, because you played a lot yeah, of those. I did. I played a lot. Actually, um, looking through the catalog of games that I played this year, it's probably like the the number one category of stuff that I played. Mm-hmm. Whoops. Um. I actually gave it to a game that probably technically doesn't count, but I'm going to make it count anyway because it's wonderful and everybody should play it. <laughs> actually, two of the ones that I played um, don't just, des- they wouldn't deserve it. But they do deserve it, I promise. Also, to clarify, one of my actual game of the years could technically qualify for this, but I wanted to give something else this award. Right. So we'll get to that later. Uh, I get to Final Fantasy Nine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No surprise. No surprise. I get to Final Fantasy Nine on the PS4 because heck yes, heck yes, Final Fantasy Nine. Everybody should play it all the time. And I know that the iOS version came out and it's the exact same game. I do not care. But it's on PS4. I do. It's on PS4 now. Yeah. 
Um, I struggle between this and Apollo. Right. Because Apollo is my boyfriend. <laughs> but um, Final Fantasy Nine wins. It's a great game, and it's a great it's, it's a great version of the game. It's a great version. You get you get trophies, and you get all the little bonus stuff, and it looks fantastic. And it's my favorite Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I would agree with you on that. Yay! Final Fantasy Nine wins. Right. Yay! Final Fantasy Nine. Let's talk about best moment. Of I'm curious. If I agree with you. Seventeen. Uh. Giant Bomb's doing their game of the year things now, and they literally have a best Wolfenstein 2 moment, which, honestly, this is what this this category should be for me. Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly what I talk about. Uh, there are two other moments in Wolfenstein 2 that I think are just absolutely amazing and literally could have t- taken a sword. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one is, like, when, when BJ goes back to Texas and to his, like, original home where he grew up in. And, like, you're walking through, like, kind of, like, the ruins of the home, and, like, your dad's there, like, brandishing yep. a shotgun, who, by the way, is now a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. And basically gets you captured by the Nazis. Yeah. It's a very powerful moment. Uh, the second one, which, hey, spoilers, just in case you weren't aware, remember, spoilers, uh, you, you, you meet Hitler up on Venus. <laughs> Old man Hitler. <laughs> That's something I knew. That's amazing. So you get to see him like coughing and vomiting all over the place while you're auditioning to, you're auditioning to play the role of yourself, but they don't know it's you. <laughs> and also, you can kill Hitler there. Good. But it like it'll reset the game. Like it's not the canon oh. way to go. But for me, the best oh. moment of this game was like, and one of the most impactful moments for me is, is happens basically right after you get captured by the Nazis and. It, you are you're in a courtroom basically getting tried for like a billion counts of treason and murder and all this jazz and all nonsense that they're trying to charge you with and you're just sitting there like all tied up and then you just bust out of your restraints and they just go crazy like you start just beating up and killing all the nazis and guards in this courtroom and it's it's actually a, a difficult section because you don't have any of the like the equipment that you've had throughout the entire game so far because they've stripped you away of that. So you have to basically go around, pick up new guns as they come around, get health and armor packs as they come to, to pass and all that stuff. There's not a lot of ammo around, and it can be quite challenging to get through that section. And then basically, like once you get through it, there's a there's an interesting scene where like you go back behind like the the judge's chair to like the judge's chambers or something like that, and you mm-hmm. you find your mom there. Oh. Who, for clarification, like, your dad basically snitched the Nazis that your mom's a Jew and got her captured. Ooh. Yeah, so, like, you get this, like, touching moment of, like, BJ and his mom reuniting. And then, like, you get that for, like, maybe a minute or two, and then it snaps back to reality, and you're back in the courtroom, back tied up. And that was all a dream. Oh, my God. I literally, like, once that happened, I literally had to, like, t- t- put the controller down and be like, holy f***ing because like you think like you think of wolfenstein you think of doom you think of these games and they're these like hyper masculine power fantasies mm-hmm. and that scene specifically is giving you that but then like it just snaps you back and it's like no that's not what's that's not what's happening here you're not going to get the satisfaction of that and it was just it was insane and intense and just holy shit. And then also, like, the scene after that is when they behead you in front of the Lincoln Memorial. 
Oh. So yeah. That that's bad. <laughs> yeah. But then like your your friends catch your head and then attach you to like a super soldier body and you're fine. Okay. It's f- crazy. It sounds it. I'm actually surprised that uh one of what I thought would be your best moment's not not on your list so far. What is what was what, what did you think my best moment was going to be? I thought it was going to be the uh the festival from Mario. Yeah. I really did think it was going to be that with Jump Up Superstar. And that's a great moment. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it's fantastic. It, it legitimately, if I were to pick this category, it'd either be that or the very first moment where you walk out of the um, Shrine of Resurrection. And the, yeah, the those, are, those are both fantastic. I, I just think this one just had such an impact on me that like, even when I was typing up my writing just for like the, to, to talk about this moment, just like, mm-hmm. I just remembered everything, got like those emotions back and just like how much is just like hit me in the gut so like <laughs> yeah but those are both great like i would not uh i would not say like hey those are not going to be runners up or anything like those those are definitely in the running i would say but yeah that wolfenstein could just be mine that's true that could be yours <laughs> <laughs> that wolfenstein 2 courtroom scene is just something else entirely it sounds amazing in a game full of moments like that so it's really yeah. something <laughs> i forget I almost forgot about this. Uh, your final singular award. The best you die in the game, you die in real life of 2017. I had to give this category because, one, it's funny. It is. And two, um, this game didn't make my actual list, but it still deserves some kind of recognition because it's crazy. Plus, I think we talked, um, we said those exact words like more than once this year. We're just saying something. Yeah, it uh, it goes to Period Cube. Uh, another Otome. Which, again, if I had a top ten list, it would probably make it. Because Period Cube was fun. It was weird. And yeah. there were some very terrible dateable choices in there. Um, like a literal serial killer and your brother. Yep. But man, it was fun. It was a fun, fun game. And like the first time that they ever pulled it up, they're like, you die in the game, you die in real life. I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my God. That's what they're going with. This is amazing. Oh. Uh, so. Because that, uh, that was your first Cube. new Otome game of the year, wasn't it? I think so. Um, yeah, it was Period Cube. And then I played the one that starts with an H that I, I didn't finish. The Samurai one. Uh, yeah, I played Amnesia and it was terrible. Then Call Across um, Madden or Malice, and then Bad Apple Wars was later in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Period Q, man, it stuck with me. It was, I remember you telling or just explaining that game to me, and just oh boy, <laughs> little ride. <laughs> oh man, and you got all kinds of screenshots. Yep. <laughs> it was a fantastic game, and um, again, if if you're interested in the Atome Train, that one's a good one to to play. Uh, also, if you like the category of you die in the game, you die in real life, this one is fun. It's perfect. Uh, it is. I mean, it, it was it was really cool. I, it's an Atome where you're in like an MMO. Why not? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Also, some of the dudes are really, really attractive. So, cool. Just not the problematic ones. 
Uh, no, don't date your brother or the serial killer. <laughs> Those are mistakes. Those are real bad mistakes. Don't do that. Also, the protagonist is really cute. She's adorable. She tries very hard. She but does. Yeah. Yeah, you die in the game. You die in real life. <laughs> oh, what a category. Mm-hmm. I had to do it. We have three more categories that are all going to come for me because I had somehow more categories. Let's talk about the best. Well, one of them could technically go for me too, because I would agree with you on it, and it would be that one. I don't know which one. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the best surprise of 2017. And in a, in, a, in a year full of just great games, it's it's almost kind of hard to figure out. Like, okay, what's the game that actually kind of surprised everyone? Oh, I know what mine would be. And like. I mean, you can make arguments for like, hey, they made a good Sonic game this year. They did. They made a really good Sonic game, and it's surprising. Like, it it has hard moments, but it's really fun. But I think the one that everyone, like, when this was first announced, and then pre-release material came out, everyone was like, mm-hmm. this game's going to f***ing suck. This is going to be trash. Yep. yep. And, of course, we're talking about Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Mm-hmm. It's uh, somewhere in my seven, actually. So it also qualifies as one of my best surprises because I thought this game was going to suck. Yeah, like I think everyone did. Like as soon as they heard like, oh, they're going to make a Mario game with the Rabbids license. Like that doesn't sound good. And then like the pre-release material of like, oh, it's the bad princess and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, the tone of this doesn't seem good at all. Mm-mm. And then when they showed it at E3, everyone was just like, Wait, wait, they're making Mario, but like an XCOM game? Yeah. And it looks good? What the fuck? And it was good. And it, it was, was good. Fantastic. Yeah. It was just, it was, this was a game that had every right to be a train wreck. And somehow it pulled off like the impossible of literally not being that. And being halfway decent. And it shows that Nintendo can and should trust their IP with other people sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah. I was, uh, I remember, I saw something recently about, like, the the dude who, like, headed up the Ubisoft team for this. Mm-hmm. He pitched something else to, to Nintendo at some point, and I don't remember what it was. But it was also something that was kind of, like, interesting. Hmm. I, just, I mean, at E3, you could see how much this game meant to that guy. Yeah. And like I'm, it's it's cool that they, this game is actually pretty good. Like, cause it, it's, it had every right not to be. It really did. It had every right not to be. And like I said, it made my top seven. Yeah. Spoiler alert! It made Whoa! My top spoilers. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have best multiplayer re-release that is better played with shuffled music. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, just because of the way we play that game. <laughs> Also, it makes Link happy, and that that's a good thing. But yeah, we do play it with. Um, for clarification, I have Amazon Music, and you can add all kinds of free stuff on there. And when things are free, I'm like, yeah, I'll just add whatever. <laughs> this is fine. Um, also, I really have eclectic musical tastes. Mm-hmm. That's an understatement. Uh, so we could go from like Hollow Notes to Three Six Mafia to My Heart Will Go On. To Big Bang. To Big Bang, yeah. Um, I mean, it was crazy, and I love my Amazon Music for this. 
I think I've listened to more Usher this year because of playing this than I have in years. Happy New Year, Xbox. Happy New Year, Xbox. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's a fun, goofy way to play that game, and, and also just because like I'm not going to include Mario Kart 8 in my top ten just because it is a re-release of a game that it's came a out previously. But that game's great. Like it is. As much as younger or maybe like earlier this year, me would would have hated to admit it. It's the best Mario Kart game. I agree with you. It is the best Mario Kart game. And I honestly, I wouldn't want to play it any way different than what we play it like now. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, it's super good. It's so fun. And like, it's a really good stress reliever. Like I, I, I looked up on my switch just so I could put this in like my piece for it. <laughs> I played over 45 hours of that game. <laughs> I probably played a lot of that too. I, I have to check, but Which is, it's a lot. It seems kind of crazy, but yeah a fun way to play that game it is and finally our final supplement of award mm-hmm. most surprising arcade archives release <laughs> which is very much a me specific type of award now for clarification if this was best arcade archives release that would go to garo mark of the wolves hands down because that's one of the greatest games ever made as you would but I think the most surprising release is also tied to some of the like the most surprising news of the year is when Nintendo announced that they were going to partner with Hamster to bring out a bunch of their old arcade games, which they basically have never done. Right. And like the, the announcement of that was just like I was like, what the f? That's crazy. Like <laughs> that shouldn't be happening, but it is. And I think like the coolest <laughs> version of that is like they've only put out two games so far. They put out. Uh, arcade archives mario brothers which is just original mario brothers and then just this past week they put out versus super mario brothers which is the arcade version of super mario brothers uh which is kind of the same version of the home console version a uh, game of it but uh some of the the levels are kind of mixed matched and like they're a little bit more hard because it's an arcade game and just having an easy way to play a game that nintendo i don't think has ever re-released since they put it out in arcades in the in the 80s is f-ing rad. Yeah, it's awesome. It's just even for like, you know, game preservation and just for like being able to play this game that you would basically would never have been able to play prior to this unless you somehow owned the Versus Super Mario Brothers machine somehow. <laughs> Which <laughs> probably is not that likely, but yeah, just It's probably rare. Having this just available and easy to pick up and play is just super super cool and the idea that they're going to put out even like more stuff of like their old arcade stuff is just awesome 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 and hey for the people out there that are still complaining about the lack of a virtual console like yo shut the up hamster's been out here like giving you a virtual console since day one of the switch (laughs) and like hey like i think their catalog is probably better than some of the virtual console stuff that nintendo had been putting out so Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. All right, that is our supplemental awards for this year. Congratulations to all our winners. Bravo. Good job. All deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get down to the nitty-gritty then. Let's talk about the top video games of 2017. I'm going to go first because I have, you know, a few more games than you do. Yep. And, like, I don't have any of these written out yet, so that's the only bad thing, but... No, I'll make I don't have them either. I just have my list. Yeah. 
these are my top 10 video games of 2017. Uh, and then, like, once we get to seven, we'll alternate back and forth. Number 10, a game that just recently came out of early access, uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World, which is kind of almost a surprise in and of itself as well. The fact that Spike Chunsoft was like, hey, what if we brought back this series that has been kind of dead since 2005-ish and, like, put it out on PC? Question mark? <laughs> and also, most wrestling games are bad except for the Fire Pro games. What if we did that? And they put it out, and, like, it's it's still really good. Like, if you've played previous Fire Pro games, it's basically a lot of the same as that. I think the cool things about this is that, like, they put it out in early access, and, like, even from day one, it was pretty much a very competent game. Like, they didn't really have to fix a lot of things in it, maybe some, like, menu stuff and stuff like that. The cool thing is, is that they implemented a Steam Workshop support for it, so any, like, uh, created character you put into, you made, you could easily just oh, throw it up on there. Oh, that's that stuff's from. Yeah. Okay, I've been wondering what all that stuff you send me is from. There are some good characters. It just, like, the community for that game has been just insane in terms of all the stuff they're churning out like you could you can get obviously you can get like all current wrestlers all classic wrestlers or you want to go crazy like i did you can get like oh you want some anime characters you want some uh, or baby video metal? game characters you want some baby metal stuff like that just it goes crazy like you can get anything you want on there and like they're all just like they're very like well done even like even though some of like the the character creator is kind of limited in some aspects, but they all like they look pretty good. And yeah, I was impressed. There's just some really cool things that that game does. Um, they also just like recently implemented the of the the ways that you could like you can download a uh, ring mat textures. So, like, oh, like for for example, like uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, their their canvas of their ring mat is like covered kind of covered in sponsors. So, like, you could download that and, like, place it into your game. Or, let's say you wanted the the P1 Ultimax logo on your ring, <laughs> you could throw that on there, too. And even, like, they're, they're still going to support this game, like, post-release. Like, they just announced, like, next year they're going to put out, like, a management thing for, their, like, for the game as DLC. So, like, you can literally, like, run your own promotion within this game, which wow. sounds completely crazy and also super cool. Uh, so, yeah, like, I... I probably wouldn't have put this on there if it didn't come out early access, like literally like two weeks ago, but it did. And then it, I was like, okay, I can sneak this in here. And it's, it's <laughs> a really good game. It's, it's the best wrestling game that's come out in like maybe seven or six or seven years. Cause most wrestling games are real bad. I suspect. Number nine, fire emblem warriors. Ooh. If you would have told me at the beginning of this year that a Musou game would be on my top 10, I probably would have told you to go yourself. <laughs> it's not unusual that it's on my No. I, for some reason, this game just clicked with me, and I played a lot of this game. and It was like a Fire Emblem game that you actually understood, and I felt like that worked for you. Yeah, and just like, I, I've played other Musou games, but it's like, they never really like did a lot for me. But this one, for some reason, is, like, I got everything. I got the mechanics of it. And it just all kind of flowed together in just, like, this nice, beautiful package. And it was just, like, fun way to kind of just, like, zone out for, like, a couple of hours and just, like, chop up, like, thousands of dudes at the time. So Now you understand why I like Musou <laughs> games true. so much. 
people always question me like god why do you like Musou games so much that's why because i have a literal anxiety disorder and sometimes it's fun to just kill two thousand dudes and to get like uh, the the original story was okay and kind yeah, of like getting I mean, some like the it. the story beats of the older games as well so i could finally kind of experience those in a way yeah it was a lot of fun yeah it was a very surprising, well-done thing that I did not expect to like as much as I did. Number eight, Tekken 7. Oh, wow. Tekken 7's great. Why didn't you make Tekken 7-7? Seven, seven? <laughs> sorry, I wasn't thinking that far ahead. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Uh, like, graphically, I think that game looks great. Uh, just the gameplay is so, so good good like the fighting in that it game is amazing like the, the the little things that they added in like like if like it's down to like last hit like the game just goes into slow mode and like right as you're about to like hit just to see if someone's going to get the hit or not it's just like cool things like that that they implemented the story is absolutely insane in the best ways possible it literally starts off with a hachi throwing kazuma into a volcano which you push the button to throw him into a volcano and that's the most f***ing tekken thing ever <laughs> it's great they add akuma from street fighter and give him like narrative reasons for him being in that universe and that they make sense like that might be like the craziest part because you would think like, oh, you know, they, just, they added him as a guest character. You know, he's probably not going to have that much like impact on <laughs> the story. And he does. And it actually like, you're like, okay, yeah, I can believe this. And it's f***ing rad. And like I got into like online fighting, like online multiplayer in a way that like I usually don't with fighting games because I'm not that great at them. But this like kept me coming back for more just like to play and like kind of get good at this game. And, and also I started watching like actual like tournament scene for this game <laughs> in a way that I wouldn't have for other games so yeah it, if I could play Tekken I probably would have played this but I am trash at Tekken I mean like it's not my fighting game style yeah it's 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 a real good one it's a real good game and also just like oh, I believe it I saw it it looked fantastic I don't I don't necessarily like include like DLC in terms of like you know for game of the year but like mm -hmm. the DLC stuff that they have announced for this game is is bonkers like, adding Geese oh, Howard. That's oh crazy. I mean, I know we don't like Final Fantasy XV, but, like, them adding Noctis into this game is also just the most bad thing they could have done. Like, imagine the idea of, like, going into 2017 and then being told, hey, did you know the, uh, the universes of Tekken, Street Fighter, Fatal Fury, and Final Fantasy XV are going to somehow now be interconnected? In the same game. In the same game? You'd be like, yeah. what? No, that doesn't make any sense. But get out. Here we are. And it's beautiful. Like, yeah, that game's that game's awesome. It's real good. Uh we're up to number seven. If you would like to uh take it away. Oh, am I taking it away? Uh we've already talked about my number seven, but we'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, Mario and Rabbids, Kingdom Battle. Alright. I put it at number seven on my list because it was such a surprise. Yeah. It, we already talked about it. it. It had no right to be good, but we both put like a disgusting amount of hours into it and enjoyed <laughs> it. And like I was texting you the whole time, like, "What in the heck is happening? Like, this game is good." <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the story was good. The mechanics were good. It looked pretty. The rabbits weren't terrible. Like, 
it had no right to be as good as it was. And yet here it sits at number seven because it really was a fantastic game. And it deserves credit. Yeah. I mean, it really, really deserves credit for being as good as it was. Yeah. yeah. There you go. For my number seven, I went with Life is Strange Before the Storm. I knew that'd be on there somewhere. I think kind of like with Mario and Rabbids, like this is honestly a big surprise as well because this game had no right being as good as it, as it is. A prequel <laughs> to a game that was like the number two best game for me when the year it came out. And also like it's a prequel to a game that has like a lot of like time traveling mechanics and this game has none of that. And it's also a prequel to a game where you kind of know where this game's going to head by the end of it. And just also with the idea of like, oh, they changed uh, developers for this. Uh, the voice acting strike kind of hindered Ashley Birch from reprising her role as Chloe, which yep. that's a real bummer in and of itself that they like had to get like her performance artist to kind of become a scab and take that role. So like Square Enix could have done better and just be like, hey, what if we just delayed this until the voice actor strike was done? But that didn't happen. It's very nice. Yeah, they wouldn't do true. that. The the cool thing is like <laughs> they are they are letting Ashley Birch like reprise her role in like the the bonus DLC episode. That's mm -hmm. like even more of a prequel. Like it it doesn't have anything to do with like the story. It's like oh, it's when like Max and Chloe are kids. So it's literally the bonus thing for people who bought like the the deluxe edition of the game. But this game's good. Like the story of it is pretty good. Like there are a lot of cool moments in this, and like it makes you like Chloe better in a way and especially makes you understand her character way more than the original game did so like you you get like a lot of her like battling with her inner demons of like oh yeah like my dad has recently passed away i don't understand how to handle that also i'm like a 15 year old kid and flunking out of school essentially because i don't care and no one really understands what i'm going through and then here comes this like this new person that i'm now friends with who's like the the most popular girl in the school but somehow she's giving me the time of day and oh no i don't understand any of this also i have feelings for her help all of this is new what am i doing <laughs> so like it does like a really good job of like giving her even new characterization and does like letting you kind of understand exactly where she's coming from in like the the original game and also there's just like a lot of like cool moments in this as well like Yo, you get to play, like, scenes out of The Tempest. <laughs> like, that's completely crazy. <laughs> and also just real cool. Uh, yeah. I, I think as well, though, like, the third episode is kind of a bummer. Because it basically, like, the first two episodes are, like, establishing the relationship between Chloe, Chloe and Rachel. But then, mm -hmm. like, the third episode kind of veers away from that. And kind of becomes more like, we gotta find Rachel's mom and reunite them. And, like... Rachel's kind of out of it out of the episode for like more than half of it so like they basically move away from that relationship altogether and kind of focus on like some weird other things that I'm I don't know if they necessarily hit the mark on but like it's it's very much a surprise that this game's good because like, like I said like when it was first announced I was like yeah mm -hmm, sure but I don't know if I really want this but it ended up being like better than better than I think both people anticipated and then everyone got real mad at the, the post credits ending of the third episode. Cause it tied it back into the original game. Why would they be mad about that? Uh, because they didn't think it was going to fall into the same, uh, lesbians die trope. Uh, even though if sense. you've played the first game, you know where this game's going to head. 
All right, so barrier gaze happens. Yes. Okay, I get it. Tell me your number six. Well, my number six is also uh, lots of re-release. Zero Escape non-re games, specifically the 999 remake. Because they added voice acting, which was phenomenally good. They did such a like knock-it-out-of-the-park job at the voice acting in this. They HDified it. Um, it. Basically, it's like a new game. Yeah. Like the story is the same, but everything else about it is different. And it's beautiful and it's fantastic. And I love this game to begin with. One of my favorite visual novels, I'd say. It does enough to like distinguish itself from like the DS version and also mm-hmm. from the iOS version. Yeah. So the iOS version... Um, didn't have the puzzles at all. So it was literally just the story. A visual novel. Yeah. Um, this has all the puzzles put back in. It has everything HDified. So you have all the original sprites in, well, not original, but the sprites, but better. Yeah. And then all new voice acting, which the, the um, neither of those two had. It, no. Cause originally you just had to like bleep loops whenever everybody talks. Right. And, I know that people had issues with Junpei's voice actor um, when he was, what, Zero Time Dilemma? Yes. He's, yes, he's legitimately so phenomenal in this, though. Um, I actually didn't mind him in Zero Time Dilemma, but he pulls off the, like, sassy, sassy Junpei in this that I adore. It's, I don't know, it it really makes a lot of the moments have way more impact with it being voiced. Oh, yeah, 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 I would imagine so. Yeah, um, but also it does some interesting mechanics with um, the storytelling devices. So because of the, the voice acting and because of the dialogue, there are two different modes that you can play the game in so there's like a story mode and then like an, an adventure mode I think is what it's called and if you've played 999 and played it to completion you know that it, on the DS version one side is Junpei and one side is Akane when she's younger so w- one screen is one and one screen is the other so the way that they went around that mechanic and I was worried about this when I when this re-release was coming out because I was like you have to have the two screens or else it doesn't make sense. That mechanic doesn't work. But having the adventure and the and the story mode, you could see the difference in like when you're in June Pace Head and when you are actually seeing it from Akane's perspective. And they tied it in very, very well at the end. So it made it very clear that's what was happening the whole game. Uh, it, it also makes it shorter if you're going at it from Akane's view. I think, it, is it Akane or Junpei? Anyway, one of them is shorter because it cuts out some of the like description dialogue. Right. It really does come across as a whole new game and it is fan-friggin-tastic. Um, they didn't do a whole lot with VLR at all because it, yeah, it was already protected. It was all HD. All the puzzles are intact. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much the same. But I still give this game number six because the complete package is fantastic and 999 is completely redone. Right. 
For my number six, I went with Pyre. Okay. The visual novel slash sports game. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just downloaded. You did. So we'll see how uh, that goes. I took a while to actually like get into Pyre, at least to play it. But like once it did, mm-hmm. and just like it really sinks like sinks into you like just the the lore of the game, the setting, the characters, and even just like the weird sports game that they have in there. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting things that Pyre does. Like I think the storytelling is top notch. Uh, sometimes the sports game can be kind of monotonous because you do play it a lot. And especially by the end of it, you're kind of just like, okay, let's let's get this over with. But <laughs> just the things that that game does in terms of narrative and like the individual characters themselves that you meet are just so so like well written and well done that I think honestly like this is either my most my favorite or like the second favorite like super giant game that has come out out of you know Bastion Transistor and this. It's just mm-hmm. it's really really good in ways that like. I think kind of going in, you're kind of like, oh, a sports game, visual novel, hmm, I don't know. But this game just does so many good, 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 good things. Yeah, I, I initially, when you said that, I was like, yeah, no, that doesn't sound like anything I'd be interested in. But, but then you kept talking about it, and it's like, ah, all right, I might be interested. <laughs> so I bought it. You did. It was on sale on Steam. We're halfway through. We're halfway there. Well, for me, you're just like barely in. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for number five as my alarm goes off? Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. Oh, hey, that's a game we have not talked about. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, a little bit higher on my list than yours, um, but my love of Musou knows no bounds. That's true. None. Um, I love Musou games, and... I really like Fire Emblem as well. So putting the two together, the story was great. Um, I loved the little bonus sections where you get story from the other games. Um, and more Matt Mercer in my life is never a bad thing. And you get so, double the Matt Fire Mercer in this game. You get double the Matt Mercer. It is wonderful. And I know you could tell me that like, well, Fire Emblem Heroes had Matt Mercer in it three times. Yeah, but that was a bad game. That's true. And Fire Emblem Warriors is not. So, there you go. <laughs> I love Fire Emblem Warriors. I love Musou games. I wish Nintendo would like keep giving me. I don't know. Give me Mario Musou. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be oh my great. God. Just have Princess Peach attack people with a parasol. Oh like, my kill God. Two what a good idea. Call me Nintendo. Oh boy. Uh. My number five is a little bit in a different direction. Than Musso? Than Musso. Uh, number wow. five, Night in the Woods. Okay. We talked about this one. Did we? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you told me that you kind of suspected what one of the characters had because you're like, oh, she kind of right, acts like right, you. Right, 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 right. Uh-huh. I think you meant on the podcast. Yep. I forgot we did talk about this. No. In person. Uh, Night in the Woods is a is a weird game specifically because I played it like early in the year, but then finish it until like later in the year. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, I mean, a lot of, like, the, the middle block of my game of the year is narrative-focused games, and this is one of the best of the year. Uh, 
just the ways like I kind of related to it because the main character is literally like, yeah, I'm just coming home. I drop. I kind of just dropped out of college. I don't know what I'm doing now. And like, hey, as someone who has done that exact same thing, like, I was like, okay, well, I know how this character feels right now in this game. <laughs> and just there's a lot of good just like moment to moment beats of like you hanging out with friends like developing friendships with other characters even just like talking to some of the other side characters it's really really good and then like the game like let's say with a quarter left of the game goes in a completely weird direction that you're like (laughs) i was not expecting this at all but it's actually it's really interesting because like essentially the game kind of does set you up for it because you in the like the first 15 minutes you find a severed hand or severed arm in like the middle of the road and everyone's just like huh that's weird and then like nothing gets addressed about that until little like the end of the game and then you find out exactly what happens and you're just like what the fuck (laughs) but it's real good like i think a lot of the character writing in it is very well done and like like you said like it maybe kind of like understand like some some like mental like characteristics of of people because I was like, oh, like, I can understand, like, now, like, oh, this character's doing this. I understand more, like, oh, when someone else is doing this. So it's, it's real good. It's real, <laughs> real good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty funny when I got text messages from you. Like, yeah, I, I kind of get this now because of you. Like, <laughs> that makes sense. Totally makes sense. But also, it's not a bad thing for me, more people to understand. Right, yeah, exactly. you don't, like, have that issue. Yeah, totally. I think it definitely so, helps. But also, like, the fact that a game can accurately portray that. It's real good. Yeah, it's real fantastic. Cool. Really impressed. Wish I could play it, but I probably won't. I was going to recommend it to you when on the Steam sale, but it was like, it, was, it wasn't it was as cheap as, like, Pyre in Tacoma, so. Yeah, but I also just don't know that I can, like, play it with my noggin. It's true. It is a longer game than, say, like, either, well, like, Pyre is pretty long. Not, mm-hmm. not pretty long, but, like, it's longish. But this isn't short, like, Gone Home or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just... Emotions. True. true. <laughs> We're down to the final four. We are. What's your number four? Is it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> well, the best Atome game of the year. All right. Here we go. Color Cross Malice. It is the number one Atome of the year clarification that came out this year um yeah because you were gonna have an award for best atome and then (laughs) you're just like oh well it's on the list so i guess i really don't need to double up on this yeah legit i was gonna have a best atome and i was like well this exists so um this is my best atome because for one the protag is freaking fantastic one of the best atome protagonists that i've ever experienced because she she isn't the kind of protag that just kind of like rolls over and does whatever they say to do. And I think that's fantastic. Like one of the gameplay mechanics of it is sometimes she has to shoot stuff and she's like legit, like let's do this. Let's shoot this guy. I'm fine. Cause she's a cop. So, um, but she's a rookie cop. All the guys in this. Okay. Clarification. Not all the guys. Most of the guys in this are fantastic. They are wonderful. They're really, really interesting. The game is dark, like incredibly dark Um, because it's essentially like, um, what's that movie where like there's no rules? 
You can do what you can do whatever you oh, you want. Um, I don't watch bad movies. I don't either. Um, anyway, so you're in a part of Japan where everything is on lockdown. Nobody can go in. Nobody can go out. Um, they've given all the citizens guns because it's so dangerous. There's a terrorist organization. Basically everything you could ever want from an Atome. <laughs> and um, you're, you're tasked with figuring out what's going on. And... All but one of the guys is, they're really, really fantastically written. One is like the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can never say it. Baka. Baka. Yeah, he's he's your Baka guy. But he's just, he's a, he's an absolute, and I hate him. I had to date him for the story, but <laughs> the rest of them are fantastic. Can recommend. Also, the ultimate villain it's a good twist. Um, sometimes that doesn't happen, but this one I was like, all right, I'll take it. That's impressive. So, um, yeah. Color Cross Malice. Best Atome. Number four. For my number four, I kind of went in a different direction. You didn't go Atome? I didn't what the go heck, Jared? This, I know, it was very strange. Uh, I went with Tacoma. Okay. I also bought that one. Uh, Tacoma's great. Like It's from the makers of Gone Home, so that pedigree is there and this game does enough different things from gone home that it's not like literally the same thing going or you're not doing the same thing as with gone home it's another walking mm -hmm. simulator if you like those games but do i get to throw everything you can throw stuff in this game yes you can <laughs> yes uh it's it's a very well written game and I think the premise is really interesting of like, oh, you're arriving at the space station and you are, you're now going to go investigate and figure out, okay, what exactly happened here? And that's basically the entire premise of the game. And they do real interesting things of like, okay, you know, they have all these like AR like little things up and that basically shows you what these, what these characters are doing. Cause you don't interact with any of the characters that you're looking at cause they're all gone. By the time you get there. So the only way you like see who these people are, like what their characters are, is through these AR little fragments of time that you can kind of like, you can watch them play out, you can scrub them, go back and forth, rewind, fast forward, do all that stuff and see them from like any like perspective that you want, which is very key because like you can, in the same scene, there can be like two characters over here two characters on the opposite side of the room that you're not going to be able to hear their conversations and you'll have to like okay I'm going to listen to these people first and then I'll rewind and then walk over here and okay let's talk to these or listen to what these people are saying and you basically go through I think like six months of that or not like six, six months of like scenes to like mm -hmm. get an understanding of exactly what happened and I think kind of I think the twist at the end is actually real interesting because it's not exactly what you would expect I'm excited to play it. Like I said, I, I bought it on the Steam sale, and I'm I'm raring to go. And like like I said, when I we talked about this, uh, when we talked about the the game, when we talked about it for our podcast, like I played this while like a seven or eight year old was watching, even though this is a mature rated game. So bear, yep. bear with my marathon. Luckily, there wasn't Oops. like any bad curse words in the section he was watching, but he was like super into it. And I think I think that's rad for a kid who like loves games like Minecraft and stuff like that. Like not really necessarily like a narrative focused type of person so I think that's real cool and just like it's a real cool like sci-fi game it's real cool nice 
And then there were three. Yep. Um, which some of mine are going to be very predictable. Actually, all of mine are predictable from this point. Um, <laughs> it's just a matter of placement that yep. might not be as predictable. But if you know me, it probably is. Yeah. Um, my number three is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we talked about it on the other podcast, but despite the fact that it does have some problems, I had so much fun with this game, and I put a lot of time into it. You I did. think I ended up at like 160-something hours. That, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get really into Xenoblade Chronicles games because I like... This is going to sound completely off character for me. I like talking to people and I like helping people. <laughs> um, not in real life, but um, I just like grabbing quests from people and saying, hey, I'm going to help you. And then just doing it. It's wonderful. And the stories are always fun. I love the connection to one, which blew my dang mind. I still can't get over it because I'm helping my brother play through the first <laughs> one. And I keep seeing things and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a connection to two. And I mean, it just it did it for me. Um, there were there were some some massive amounts of boobs, massive boobs. <laughs> yeah, uh, lots of those. And that was a little upsetting. But as for the game itself, I really loved it. I thought it was a fantastic ride. And I'm so glad that it finally came out because... <laughs> I didn't think there would ever be a sequel after uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Cross because it kind of didn't do well. But I mean, I think that's kind of also just a, a byproduct of the Wii U. The Wii U, correct. Yeah. Um, so this was more in line with the original one. I liked it better. Mm -hmm. it, it did it for me. It was a good RPG. Yeah. Um, so it, it did for me what Persona 5 did not. <laughs> it's exactly what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my number three is going to surprise you. All right. Because specifically what you told me last night, my number three is Super Mario Odyssey. Wow. That is surprising. Because you told me like, yeah, I think your number one is going to be Mario. And I was like, hmm, yeah, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, because you were so hype on Mario recently that you're like, I don't know, it's some competition for Game of the Year. And it's like, hmm, I don't know. I, I, I really thought Mario would be higher for you. I, 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 this is no disrespect to Mario. Like, I think that game is great. It's a mm -hmm. fantastic playing game. Like, the, it's the best looking game on the Switch. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. gorgeous. The soundtrack is so beautiful. weird and great. <laughs> Definitely not a Mario soundtrack. Some of the moments mm -hmm. in that game are just phenomenal. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Like, the New Donk City celebration is amazing. The, the stuff. Even the fact that Pauline's in there. Yeah, that's crazy. The stuff that happens at the end of the game is just insane. Oh, the ending in general, like the final boss and the ending of Mario are just, yes, <laughs> so, yes, yes, so yes. crazy. Uh, like some of like the callback costumes that you can get in that game are super cool. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, it plays so well. Um, but I think the, the one downside to that game is like, I played it, but it didn't necessarily, like, I don't think it's, it stuck with me in the ways that, like, the, the next two games did for me. All right. Fair. Like, I, I, there's still moons that I need to go get, but I haven't necessarily gone back to get them because I haven't necessarily had the drive to do that. 
some of them are also impossible. That's, so. I think that's kind of true as well. But, but like, yeah, like I think the other, the next two games, like they definitely just stuck with me more. But th- that is no thing against our Odyssey. Like Odyssey is so good. It's so good. So good. Which I feel like we're going to continue that conversation with your number two. Yep. My number two is also Mario. Yeah. Yep. So we don't have to say anymore because we just said it. Yeah. Uh, so that leaves uh, my number two, mm-hmm. which I think also is going to surprise you because there are a couple of games that you there was a there was a game you mentioned that you thought was going to be on my list, which is not on this list. And also, you know, Mario and Rabbids isn't on this list. My number yeah, two I game didn't... of 2017, Yakuza Zero. Oh, I should have known that would make it on there. I should have known because you love that game. Yakuza Zero is f- great. Playing How's Wolfenstein not on your list? It would have been like eleven or twelve. Alright, alright. I think like the the problems with Wolfenstein is that it doesn't play great. Okay. The gameplay is sense. not fun. Uh Yakuza Zero Yakuza. is fing awesome. Playing a game set in like late eighties Japan is <laughs> the coolest <laughs> shit. Because literally like I guess in that period of Japan, like they were having such like a financial boom that like literally you're just like accumulating millions of yen all the time and literally that's how you like that's the upgrade system in this game is that oh uh you put money into yourself so like all the upgrades are just cost like millions of yen because you're literally getting millions of yen all the time wow it's so and just like this i want millions of yen <laughs> the style of that game is awesome the way it it basically uh follows uh two basic two prominent characters in the yakuza series uh Kiryu and uh, Majima and the ways that like their stories intersect near the end of it are real real interesting like in ways that like you don't you you don't necessarily expect because like you think oh these are two completely separate stories that are happening and by the end of it you're like nope I think though that like the one key thing about this game is that this is a prequel to a series that already had five games at this point and Saying that sentence makes you think that's never gonna f-ing work. How are they gonna be able to tie all of this, t- like make a prequel that's actually good with its own original story, tie it into everything else? But they do, and the story's great. It's like it's so crazy, like how good the story is, like in ways that it shouldn't. And like I've been playing uh, some of uh, Yakuza Kwame, the remake of Yakuza One, and like mm-hmm. having the context from Yakuza Zero now, of, like and seeing all of this stuff in the first game now, it's like, holy shit, they really did it in terms of like making you really care about this story in the first game now in ways that you would have never cared about it before because you would not have like this context of like these relationships and how much history is with them that you do now. I also just want to say like one of my favorite parts of our friendship is just randomly getting pictures from Yakuza. Like, <laughs> It doesn't even necessarily have to be zero because you play a bunch of them, but I just randomly get screenshots from them. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I love it. It's it's a great part of our friendship. Also, you can go to a Club Sega and play like Outrun or uh, Space Harrier. That's, that's right. pretty cool. There is a long and lengthy story with like slot car racing in that game. Okay. That is probably some of like the best storytelling in that game, quite honestly. And the crazy part is, 
they extend it into Yakuza Kiwami in ways that you would never fucking expect. And you're just like, holy <laughs> shit, this does this this shouldn't work. Uh, and like, and even some like the the like uh the bigger mini games that they have, like there's one where as the uh, Kiryu, you have like uh this um like real estate operation. So like you're going around like buying up real estate in in the the little town you're in or wh- whatever you want to call it. And then, like, when as Majima, you run a cabaret club. So, like, you're going around recruiting girls to be hostesses, and you have battles against other hostess clubs that are all <laughs> named after, that are technically all named after the five Sailor Guardians. <laughs> oh my god! Which is it's so weird and crazy, and just like even like the main story is just so well written and has so much like good, good drama in it, and it's just it makes you. If if like you get through this, like you're like okay, yeah, I I want to get into all of these games now. <laughs> like it makes me so excited for like for Yakuza Six coming up next next year, and just like even like how they're going to improve that game from zero to six with like the engine change and all that. It's going to be like crazy in terms of like how much better it's going to look. Considering zero was originally a PS3 game, but they released it I think on PS3 and PS4, but then we brought out, brought out the PS4 version to um, America. So like you can you can kind of tell like where it's like uh this game looks good but it could look better but like the newer games are gonna look way better but yeah like I'm kind of bummed it took me a while to actually play Yakuza Zero but I'm so glad I did because it was f-ing phenomenal. <laughs> we have the same game of the year. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I mean I'm not surprised because it literally was the best game I played all year long. And it, I can't stop thinking about this game even now. That, yeah, 100%. Um, like, I still look on the internet for, like, fan art and fan fiction, <laughs> and I just want more content of this game. I, I, every once in a while, I'll still boot it up and run around and see what's going on. But And I played the DLCs. It was so different and so beautiful, and really mind-blowing in terms of like how they did the story and the characterizations for clarification in case you you have not picked up yet both of our number one game is the legend of zelda breath of the wild <laughs> it is it is um i think you, I'm, you glad, hit the, I'm glad that we both went with that i think you hit the nail on the head perfectly though when you said that like you just can't stop thinking about it that's basically how i've been ever since beating it in what like march or april yeah. whenever this game came out like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like we beat it so long ago, and I'm still like obsessed with yeah, it. Yeah, like playing through the DLC uh, just recently just reminded me all over of like why I love this game. Yeah, like I, I've sent you a few. Like, I know specifically of one that I was like, you have to read this fan fiction because it's beautiful <laughs> and it gets characterization right, and it's just I want more of this world and what they gave us was beautiful. Like everything about it was just, it felt alive. And, and just the idea of like them of Nintendo specifically just scrapping the Zelda formula. Oh, and see, that's the thing is that people would think like, Oh, maybe she wouldn't like this because I'm such a Zelda fan girl. I think it was a good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Even then, like I loved Skyward Sword. I loved Skyward Sword. And even I, I still think it was a good thing. And even though like they were their initial like marketing pitches for this game were like were like the the same pitches you heard for like 
the Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Like, oh, you see that mountain over there? You can go there. But, like, yeah, you can. And it's awesome. Like, I think yeah. this game specifically made me like exploration in ways that I never had before. Oh, I completely agree with you. Because I'm... And, like... I'm not the type of person who goes and, like, tries and, and like, runs off and goes to places and doesn't use fast travel all the time. Like, I'm, obviously, like, later in the game, you will use that. But... Yeah. For a lot of the game, I was just like, okay, I'm going to go over here and see what's see what's over here. What's there? What's there? And, um, like, one of the most amazing moments for me is the first time I saw a dragon. Because the music changes, and you get, like, this really... I don't know. It's like a mystical feel. Like mm -hmm. everything in the environment changes, and then you just see like this glowing dragon. You're like, what is that? And it happens three times. Yeah. And oh, I mean, it was beautiful. I, it, I was also like, holy crap! There's a dragon. What do I do? <laughs> um, I know a lot of people didn't like the the weapon system. Right. Uh, I didn't have a problem with it. I think it allows you to like it to it forces you to come up with different strategies in a way that you wouldn't necessarily think in other Zelda it's games. It's not so much like an aid plus a to win type situation right. like it was in the old games. Like you had to kind of strategize on like, okay, I have this weapon, this weapon, this weapon. This one might die soon. I have this kind of bow with these kinds of arrows. How am I going to make this work? Like I, I think I can the most I can understand that criticism is that is the part where it comes to the master sword. Yeah. And where like, it just, it randomly runs out of energy for like a little bit. And you're just like, what? Well, okay. Like maybe that's like the one down part, but I think like the other parts of it, like before you get the master sword, it's just like, it allows you to improvise in ways that you never would before. Like, okay, well maybe I'll throw this weapon at this person or just like, I'll use this big old hammer for some reason. I don't know. I have it. <laughs> Why not? Also dressing up link was fantastic yeah <laughs> i love dressing up link i'm like you know what boy you're just gonna look like this today and it's great and the game is just full of like such good moments and, and a game that like the storytelling is kind of sparse but or at least traditional that... storytelling is kind of sparse right 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 and i feel like that's effective in the sense that like link can't remember mm -hmm. but also so... you're forging your own story right and I think that's the most important part here because, like, obviously, you know, there's four dungeons and then you could go fight Ganon. Yeah. You can do those in any order, but also there's so much other stuff to do that, like, you're forging your own story within this game that it's your narrative. It's specific to you. It's what you did. And also, like, oh, yeah, well, obviously there's these other flashbacks and all that stuff, but, you know, you're going to have the story of, like, oh, well, you know, I stumbled upon... Like, like you said, like, I stumbled upon this dragon, and I don't know what exactly this is and what's happening, but holy crap, it's a big old dragon. <laughs> and just being like, oh, well, here's this area on the map that I can go to. Like, wh why don't I just go there and yeah. see what's there? Like, the first time I went to, like, the Lost Woods, and I was like, this is crazy. The first time, like, you find the Master Sword, mm -hmm. and you're just like, oh, holy f it's so good. Also, two things that I want to mention. One, 
this has my favorite Zelda as a character, mm-hmm. period. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like her, but I felt like she was the most realistic Zelda that we've ever gotten because she had a lot of responsibility and she had a lot of problems. And she was she human. Did, she was human. She didn't react like you would want in every single situation. And I like that about her because she's 17 with a ton of or 16 with a ton of responsibility on her and she can't make things happen. And I mean, it's 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 intense. And I love this Zelda. I think she is legitimately my favorite Um, because before this, it was Skyward Sword. But I think that this one wins now. Um, Also, the soundtrack. Which somehow is very divisive for people, but like, I think a lot of people want like the want the style of old Zelda games, where it's just like mm-hmm. constantly you have music playing in the background. But I don't think they realize that if that was happening, like you would hate the soundtrack. It would be really annoying. It would be, but also, yeah. I think that it's fantastic what they did because a lot of the OST is just fragmented and slowed down versions of old Zelda music. It's, and it's very like ambient. Yeah. For, like Because it does that, but also it knows when you're doing something. So like it'll ramp up in volume for like, Oh, you're about to enter combat or something, or you're about to see mm-hmm. something crazy or like, or just like when you're about to stumble onto like a mini boss that's just out there in the world. And it's like, you hear that music cue up and you're like, Oh, okay. 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 Let's go. Let's go. Well, and the, the guardian music is legitimately one of the most stressful songs I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause once you hear like the little notes for the guardian, you're like, Oh shit where is it where is it oh my god what is about to happen and it's horrifying but um you know i one of my favorite things to do like right after this was released was go and try and figure out what people had put together and you know there's there's one where zelda's theme has been cut up and slowed down there's one with temple of time i mean it's all over the place and then um once you get the reveal of what cast has been playing the whole damn time. That's f-ing amazing. It's so good because like you hear Cass's theme, you're like, oh, you know, that's that's a good song. I like it. It's a jam. And then like once he continues past the part that you always hear, you're like, oh, that's what he's been playing. Is that the same thing he plays at the beginning of the second DLC or is that just like the an homage to the original theme? Which one? The like the song he plays at the very beginning of like the second DLC. Yeah, the the like main sweeping Zelda music. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what he plays um, during the the reveal, okay. <sighs> which made me happy. Yeah, like <laughs> just hearing that song in this game is so cool because like you wouldn't with everything else going on, you don't expect to hear it, but mm-hmm. then like it just being placed in like these like these specific spots where it's not like, oh, you're going to hear it a lot, but hey, if you're going out of your way to to find this, you know, here you go. Here's this little homage to you. Well, and it's great because you also get to hear more of like Zelda's feelings about everything. And that Mm -hmm. made me happy. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, which I'm still devastated. This wasn't on the sampler disc, but the Hyrule Castle theme was Fan freaking tastic! Probably the best song of the entire year. <laughs> Nintendo, whenever they decide to release the full soundtrack to this game, it's like, here's my money, have it. I want this yeah. all. 
Yeah, it's seriously like the the gift from Futurama with Fry yeah. giving the money, like shut up and take my money. That is me with the soundtrack. Like, please, I I will give you my money because it's so good. So good. Um, but it is very different because it's not the same. Like, I'm gonna hype you up type of music because that would get old really really fast. And also, like, the world has essentially ended. Yeah, and even just like the first time you get into the castle. Because, like, I, because for me, like, I didn't get in there, like, at the end of the game. The first time I got in there, I kind of just, like, stumbled upon it and just decided to go with it. And I was, like, the entire time, like, that music's playing. And I'm just, like, oh, f- oh, f- oh, f- oh, f- oh, f- Yeah. Oh, it's intense. It, it it really, really stresses you out. But in a good way. Yeah. Oh, I love it's it. so good. Pretty much all I want out of life is this Link and the Zelda to, like, be in love and happy. <laughs> Which is what fanfic is for. But also, one of the things that I think is really upsetting to me is that I found out that the Japanese version, like, all of the quests are in first person. Yeah. So it's all Link saying, like, I have to go do this, I have to go do this. And it makes it very, very clear that he has feelings for her. Mm -hmm. And I'm very sad we didn't get that. Yeah, that's a bummer. Mm -hmm. It's a weird localization change, but... It is. It, it makes it a little less, which I guess it makes sense because Link has always kind of been like a blank slate. Right. Um. So I think they're trying to keep it that way. But I, I do really lament the fact that that is not in there. But otherwise, this game is just really perfect. It's a masterpiece. It is. I mean, the only game this year I'd give it 10 out of 10. Like, Obviously, I think this will come, like, a year or two down the road, but, like, this is probably going to end up being, like, one of my favorite games of all time. And I, obviously, like, you know, it took me a while to play any of, like, the other Zelda games out there, but, like, it's almost kind of strange to even hear myself say, like, oh, yeah, this new Zelda game that basically destroys the formula. Yeah, that's going to be one of your favorite games of all time, potentially. Um, but even still, like... I've played all the Zelda games, right, yeah, and I true. agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. Um, Links of the Past forever has been my favorite Zelda game. This surpassed it. And it-, um, it, it legitimately might be one of my favorite games of all time. Like, definitely top five, but maybe one or two. And it was a launch game. It was a launch game, which is insane. <laughs> it's the craziest part. But, like, that's one thing about 2017 that gives me a lot of hope because 2017 has been crap. Um, I like that Nintendo is letting New Blood play with their IP. Mm -hmm. Because we're getting things like Breath of the Wild. We're getting things like Odyssey. We're even getting things like Mario and Rabbids. Like, we're getting fantastic games because they're not sticking to formulas it's yeah it's like I'm, it's games that you don't expect nintendo to make yeah and that was that's what makes it more impactful just because like when you think of nintendo you think of these set formulas and these games are maybe odyssey a little bit to an extent but mm-hmm. you know breath of the wild and mario cross rabbits it's like no this is not the formula this is something new entirely it's not what you're expecting. I love it. Yeah. Breath of the Wild makes me very, very hopeful for video games. Yeah. I don't know where they're going to go from here, but like it was 
such a fantastic game. Insanely good. Insanely good. I mean, like I said, I still like try and find content of it all the time. Because I, I just have that that itch. I'm in love with the characters. And now you can just go around and over the drive on a motorcycle throughout all of the, all of the map. I will say that the story part of that I liked. I wanted more interaction with Zelda, but um, I liked getting some background on the champions. But man, that DLC me off. <laughs> you were very mad about it, which is weird because oh, like I... we we completely disagree on that DLC. Yeah, it, it unnecessary. But it doesn't take away from the fact, obviously, because it means DLC, so it's whatever. But it doesn't take yeah, it take, yeah. Doesn't take away like from the fact. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, the, the story was great, and the payoff of it was, I mean, not the bike, but the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was good. I don't know, that bike's um, pretty good. I mean, if nothing else, it's led to some great, great gifts of like Link riding on Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> um. But seriously, I, I, one of my favorite games of all time, definitely my favorite game of 2017. Like I said, 10 out of 10. Yeah. If I could give higher than a 10 out of 10, I would. A breath of the wild out of 10. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, the, the Twitter where they rate doggos Yeah. (laughs) and they're all like 13 out of 10. That's me with breath of the wild. (laughs) Breath of the wild is adorable doggos. It's the best game of 2017 thousand percent for both of us yes high five we agreed on something yeah <laughs> i mean we agreed on some things they were just in different number numerical positions that's video games for 2017 we did it we did it this year sucks <laughs> video games are good yep that's all it is to a nutshell <laughs> who knows what 2018 will bring us in terms of the best games of the year. That we will wait and see. We'll we'll have to fi- wait till next year to figure that out. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like just for how much of a hellscape 2017 was, like I'm glad that games were really great. Oh, me too. I mean, I needed some kind of release and yeah, yeah. thank thank God for video <laughs> games. Oh, well, I think that's gonna that's gonna do it for this episode. Y'all get to see us again next year. That's true. We will return next year, which is in a week. What a surprise! <laughs> <laughs> With some good content of something that I mentioned in this very podcast. Hashtag quality content. Oh heck yeah! So, if you want more from us, go to seasonalanimecheckup.com or scc.cool for past episodes of this very podcast. You can listen to a lot of episodes of games we talk about in this episode. So, if you want for further yep. clarification on, like, any game. Persona 5, yeah. Breath of the Wild, all, a lot of, Xenoblade. A lot of the games that we talked about are very much represented in our, in our catalog for the year. So, Mario. If you want to listen to us talk about more about certain games you can go find those there uh you can also find uh, you can also find episodes of jared and i watch <laughs> sailor moon crystal where we discuss sailor moon crystal and also you can find mainline podcasts of the seasonal enemy checkup which i think there will be a new episode of that coming up pretty soon nice. uh 
you can also find columns and reviews like there will be a game of the year write-up of my top 10 and For the supplemental awards yeah up on on this site and also you can go there's another article i wrote uh, fairly recently which i haven't advertised on here uh if you want to hear me or hear me read about what i think about <laughs> the k-on english dub and how i think it's like one of the best english dubs in terms of animes for this decade uh you can find that on the website as well but yeah like the uh the game of the year stuff should go up same day as this podcast goes up at least that's what i'm trying to shoot for for my stuff at least yeah same uh, for more from Al, go to AnnLadium.com where you can find all her columns and reviews and you can find her right up for her Game of the Year stuff. Which will be up there. All seven of them? All seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash AnimeCheckup where you can find all of the fun, cool tweets that we put up. You can support, support this podcast on Patreon, Patreon.com slash SACOVA. If you want to be like, hey, I really like these people and their podcast, I'm going to throw a dollar at them. And you throw a dollar Please and throw it dollars pokes us in us. the eye. No, don't, don't poke us in the eye with dollars. That's no fun. But you can get cool. Don't throw dollar coins at us. Ooh, yeah, that'd be painful. But you can get cool yeah. things. Like, you can hear this episode uncensored and unedited. unedited so it'll oh sound all jumbly at times. <laughs> and uh, also, you get to hear us curse. That's true. You get all those hot curses. Perks. Perks, perks, perks. You get to hear all unedited me yelling at cats and some furs <laughs> and all kinds of crazy things. That's true. Uh, so next week, I we have an idea for next week, right? Uh, the anime we've been okay. watching. So next week, we will start off 2018, you know, the only way we know possible with uh, us talking about the Code Realize anime. <laughs> yeah, I'm so hyped. So look forward to that. Look forward to ringing the new year with some anime based on an Atome game, but the anime isn't necessarily Atome, but it's still kind of crazy in terms of storytelling. Yes. Victor Frankenstein is still Bay. 